Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Hello, this is Brett. Brett, Fox Monroe. How you doing? Hey, Fox. I'm good, man. Uh, just in the studio right now getting ready for our all-out episode. <laughs> Had plans to play tennis earlier, but it's fucking pouring out here. How's everything out in L.A.? Oh, sunny. Got a little Labor Day weekend playing with the wife and kids in Del Mar. Ooh, that sounds nice. Well, uh, hey, what'd you think about our Milwaukee episode? Yeah, uh, how about it? actually why I called. It was good. The little rhyme scene you both had in the car, that was fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, I thought Bo did a great job editing it. It was fun. You know, glad we had the recorder rolling for that one. Yeah, and, uh, you know, wrestling part had its moments. You and Beaumont uh, did your thing, which was good. Uh, Yeah, right, and... uh, I've got to be honest, Freddie, baby. It wasn't your best. How exactly? Just seemed a little unpolished. Like if I looked up close, I could see the little threads that hold it together, twitching, struggling, keeping the show together, but ironically, not trying, you know? Not really. What do you mean? Things like, oh, say, spending my money on drinks with View from the High Tom guys, $7 Cinnabon cookie bomb bites, and not on, say, microphone batteries. Well, yeah, I mean, well, the stuff with Tom, Chad, and Diesel was kind of like the main point of our trip, though. Here's the thing, Freddy baby. All this makes me think about how much time you've put into wrestling throughout your entire life. And I want that to really mean something to you. So that it's not time spent, but time honored, Brett. I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree. And listen, I'm not trying to make any excuses, Fox. And I mean, the last thing I want to do is run you off here. No, no, not at all, Brett. I'm not cutting the line for a lifeboat. I'm not going anywhere. I am by your side the whole time. I believe in you. All I wanted to say is that if you want to make a splash at Last Tycoon, make it this episode for All In. Uh, it's all out. Right. Oh, one more thing before I got to go. That Greg Goldman thing in the last episode, I liked that. A lot, actually. Uh, yeah, so did we. That chaotic element you bring to your show, the unpredictable, the uncontrollable, I like it a lot. Lean into it. All right, well, you know we can do that. Good. It's only a matter of time, Brad. I can smell it. It smells like... Deodorant. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for the support, Fox. We really appreciate it. All night long, baby.
Screen Buster Boys, episode 35. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. Hey, hi, how's it going? Going good. Coming off all out 2021. What a uh, night. Without a doubt, the best AEW show to date, if you ask me. With, That's uh, one I've seen in my my, oh, my less than a year, my, absolutely. my, my nine months. Yeah, for uh, sure. Following it, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. what a night. We're certainly going to get into all of it. And, uh, I mean, may as well get out with it because everyone knows the big news. Not only Adam Cole, but Brian Danielson both here. And as we've been talking about, you know, in the weeks leading up, you know, we kind of knew Danielson especially. Cole, the rumors started getting hotter and hotter. So it's like... Now we've got two more legitimate superstars here, which is so exciting. But now it makes Tony Khan's job challenging and exciting. How do you make it all work? You know, I have no doubt that they will. The Hangman story is still there lingering in the background. We'll get into that. But, man, what a fucking time. And we're going to be there live in Cincinnati in two days, so just can't wait to see For the all these out. people. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's gonna uh, be amazing. Yeah, it's gonna be really uh, immense, I think. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a good challenge to have. Absolutely, you, know, you, 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 you have to say to, to underscore that. But uh, man, they just really dumped everything on you. <laughs> like they gave you all of it. And and I guess like you know before this, like I, I guess let's kind of reflect back to our. Uh, Jimmy Carter crisis of confidence. Yeah. We were like, what's going on with I the know. booking here? But it made makes a lot of sense because if you had Kenny and Hangman there and you know, which Tony Khan had to have known at that point when they aborted the Hangman story yes. and moved toward the Christian thing, that you have these people on deck. Yep. You know, that they are coming. And so that it's was like, kind of one of the, you know, the rumors yeah. when no one knew this was all for sure, but speculation is like, you know, they don't want... Punk, Danielson, now Adam Cole to overshadow the Hangman story. And you even mentioned it last night. It's like after seeing all that transpire, it makes sense. Yeah. Like they couldn't have done that with Hangman winning the title. But yet I still didn't want him to win the title yet. So I feel like they still maybe could have. But yeah, it would have overshadowed from that. I'll just go back to it and just say I just wish they hadn't have heated that feud to that point. You know, it got yeah. it so scalding. But, like, yes, now that we're here, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just amazing. And, like, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to even have the words right now. I mean, just to imagine when we bought these tickets for Cincy, what, two months ago, and now we have CM Punk, Brian Danielson, and Adam Cole, and Minoru fucking Suzuki, yeah. which we'll get into... Like, man, it's just going to be fucking amazing. Mere blocks from your house. God, I can't fucking wait. Yeah, no, we're going to have a really fast turnaround, especially from the high of last night to today to, you know, to, you know, Labor Day. Yeah. This is what, what, what um, we're recording and on. Yeah, we certainly had a good time last night. A yeah. small crew for us, but... uh we uh, used a little uh, old Fox Monroe's money, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, <laughs> he gave it to us. He, he, he gave, told he, us he, to well, make gave this it to a us. good episode. And yeah, yeah. And so, you know, kind of the way I, I sort of look at it is, you know, we're using, what what are these? These lapel mics, these road link yeah. uh, things. They're, used they're for great. Work. No, they're great. But it's like, he knows that I know, that we all know, that uh, these, you know, my, th this equipment isn't what makes a show. You know, yeah. hell, if we recorded this all on Zoom, it'd still be, you know, just as it, it's us. So, you know, I guess the, the the approach in my mind was, you know, we just need to enhance ourselves, not the mm -hmm. technology 
or the equipment that lets us do this. Mm-hmm. So uh, we did have fun. Uh, we uh, well, we bought a new TV. <laughs> yeah, well, how big is that bad boy? Uh, fuck, it's like uh, what did. 50, 60 something inches. Yeah, yeah, 50, 60 inches. Yeah. No, we actually had to um, take, um, it was too big for the um, TV stand, so we had to take an end table and push them side by side so we can fit the TV on it. It's that big. So we did that. Um, We went out and we bought a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle, which I'm drinking right now. Yeah, not cheap Kentucky bourbon whiskey. It's some time. of the best shit you can yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, not one, but two, not two, not three, but four figures. But we, you know, we won't go into <laughs> four that. bottles. Oh, and another thing I did. Um, So I was at Kroger. And you know how I always write with these pins? Yep. Like I was literally at Kroger and I'm just like, I love these pins so much. So they're the pins uh, for you listeners um, that have the different four colors and you push down on the little mm-hmm. levers to activate them. I literally took all of them off the rack. <laughs> In, in, got them. Yeah, there's a pile of them in my bedroom. We got a shitload of wings. Yeah, we got. Oh my god! And still, I ate them for lunch. We still got a ton left over. Yeah. Uh, we did. I did take a, a little bit of Fox's advice. Uh, you know, he gave us that dig about the microphone batteries, which it wasn't even the batteries. It was just no, no, no. storage space on yeah, the yeah, Zoom yeah. microphone, which is why. Referring to our Milwaukee episode last week, the drive up got cut off. And Fox kind of took a dig at us. But I did uh, mm. buy some rechargeable batteries because, yeah. you know, just so we don't have to keep switching them in and out. And, you know, just so maybe that'll appease him a little bit. But I think it certainly helps having uh, one of the best wrestling shows I've ever seen yeah. that were coming off here. Um, so, yeah, Fox will be just fine. We're going to be just fine. Yeah, the, the show was good. We're good. Yeah. Like, how's AEW's not fucking a- 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 great. AEW's great. We got like, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how, like, you know, like, from this stretch, like, the entire summary thing about it, then, especially from Milwaukee to now, like, you know, nothing's going to end up bad. Like, not like, to we, mention the Greg Goldman report. Like, we got that in a place now yeah. that's like, our, I mean, I think you're feeling even pretty good. Yeah, about yeah, it. no, no. I uh, talked to him uh, this week, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're okay. We're on yeah, the same I mean, page. You know, it, 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 it's shape. it's functional. It's working. It's playing the role it needs to play. It's finally where it needs to I, be. I wonder what he thought about this pay-per-view. Yeah. Can't wait to... No, I, I'm, I'm sure... I know, I'm, even though that's not necessarily what we have him here to talk well, about, we'll, we'll get it. I'm sure he watched let's, it. Let's we'll poke get, the bear. Yeah, we'll get his Yeah, can't, can't wait to hear what he says at Absolutely. the end of the Absolutely. Yeah, it's... Uh, Whew, yeah, what a week. This is just awesome. Uh, but yeah, so other than that, uh, you know, before we dig into All Out, I guess let's just mention today's, if you recall, is actually one uh, that we were going to do a few weeks ago, but um, when CM Punk debuted, that kind of took precedence. But it is SummerSlam 2013, Daniel Bryan versus John Cena. I'm trying to recall back to when we were covering WWE. I know Brian was on SmackDown, which when we covered SmackDown, we just watched YouTube clips because we didn't really have the access. I think he was still around. Yeah, because he was in the the main event of night two. Yeah, yeah, WrestleMania. Yeah, so that was an awesome match. So you had seen him, but obviously not too much. And, you know, this was certainly the match that kind of really launched his true ascension to WWE, kind of culminating at WrestleMania 33. WrestleMania 30 when he won the title back from Randy Orton 
in a triple threat against Batista, which he also had to beat Triple H in the first match of WrestleMania. Oh, that he did. Year. Yeah, so he had to so beat had to Triple H yeah. and then beat Orton and Batista in the main event. Wow. So like gauntlet. We'll have to watch those. Like that that moment in it, like that WrestleMania is still one of the best things for me as a wrestling. Was that thirty, right? Yeah, which was twenty seven or twenty fourteen. It would have been. So this is what kind of kicked it off, and. uh We'll certainly get into that, and, but uh, and now that you mentioned SummerSlam, though, too, like you know, I, I decided that last night. <laughs> yeah, you did make this point last night. <laughs> I thought, who in their right? Like we watched all of SummerSlam. Yeah, you know, we did. You know, Greg talked about it, and it was, yeah, not uh, even covering WWE. Bo himself watched SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we watched it together, yeah. and uh, you know, I thought like, who in their right mind thinks like SummerSlam is better than this? <laughs> Like than all out, you all, mean? Than, yeah. than all out, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, maybe Greg Goldman, but also the caveat is in your right mind. Yeah, which those two <laughs> things obviously don't go together. But uh, you know, uh, hopefully he doesn't hear that. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I'm, we're not here to shit on WWE necessarily, but you're right. I mean, and SummerSlam was. A fine yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had yeah. its ups and yeah. downs. Not shitting on SummerSlam, but to slightly shit yeah. on it a little bit. Correct. Yeah, it just, like, like, not like full It's on, more, yeah, this yeah. is how good All Out was yeah. and how hot AEW is, much to Bishop's chagrin. Uh, but, <laughs> anywho, you're right. Um, and NXT, I'm sure we'll hear from Greg, like, they got a new logo. Did you see the oh, logo? Oh, it's all, like, psychedelic. Like, it's it, just, it, like, weird colored. Oh, it is. It's very, like, tie-dye and stuff. It's like, what is Vince thinking? Yeah. A little worried. He, Vince and Bruce now at the helm of NXT. So yeah. that's the other thing. Like, Greg has even been hinting, like, that he's kind of fallen off NXT. And we know, like, yeah. thank God for NXT. He used to love it. So, I'm, again, we'll get into all that in the Goldman Report, but... Are you ready to talk all out, let's, brother? Let's, let's, I mean, let's talk all what out. What a fucking night. Let's so. get after it. Let's do it! All right. Here we go. Hey, what up? It's Goldman. Hey, uh, Greg. Hey, uh, can you speak up? I can't hear you, and you don't have your number saved in your phone, so I can't tell if you're some fucking RoboCop bum trying to sell me shit. Greg, Greg, it's Beaumont. Oh. Uh, well, uh, hey, Beaumont. What's, uh, what's cracking? Is it, like, fucking raining on your end? Because I can't hear shit. Yeah, 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 um... I, uh, I'm out on my bike, actually. In the rain? No, no, not in the fucking rain. No, no, man, I was, I was out riding. Then it started to rain, and I'm under this fucking awning in front of a church. Ah. Well, uh, to what do I owe the pleasure? Well, uh, Brett had suggested that I give you the feedback on this week's report. Oh. All right, then. What you got? We, uh, thought it was generally overall pretty good. Oh, fuck yeah, me too. I felt pretty good about it. Good, uh, good. So, uh, I was thinking while I was out riding, uh, 
which I come up with my best ideas kind of when I'm moving, you know. Oh, you know, same as me, except, you know, on the subway. I know, I know. Um, last week, okay, uh, we got the right amount of, how should I say it, uh, dissonance from you. Um, we had your breakdown of the matches, your <laughs> your analysis, uh, the, the garbage compactor thing. It was like the right recipe, you know. All right. Uh, so, uh, can you, like, maybe this time give us a little more of that thing you do where you say one thing and then the opposite, like like with ratings? Uh, you only mentioned that once last week. And uh, and don't forget that little drop of chaos in the background, but uh, but not too chaotic to where you don't get through SmackDown. Um, oh, uh, like, think of it as a different flavor from last week, but not too different. Like, uh, if last week uh, was chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream, this week is uh, cake, cake batter. batter. Fuck. So you get it. Yeah. Uh, like I get it. It's uh, it's kind of the same, but different. Easy stuff. Piece of cake. Uh, look, I gotta say, Beaumont. No offense, but I ain't here to do the same easy fucking. Uh, don't think of it as easy, Greg. It's not easy. Becoming a brainbuster boy. You know. No shortcuts. No, there's not. You're exactly fucking right, Beaumont. Yes, I am. So, uh, how long will it take for me to become a fucking, uh... uh gotta go, Greg. Sorry, man. Uh, stop raining. Uh, Goldman Report this week. See ya, buddy. Let's just briefly touch on the uh, buy-in pre-show, which yeah. had um, the five-on-five match. I don't even have it in front of me. Who was it? It was the uh, best friends, it, it, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, Wheeler Yuta, Wheeler, Wheeler Yuta, and Jurassic Express, uh, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy defeating the Hardly, fa- Hardly family. <laughs> Turning into me, the Hardly. Turning into you right off the bat. The Hardy family office of... Matt Hardy, Private Party, and the Hybrid 2. And just what was, you know, your classic five-on-five fun, chaotic, everybody kind of getting a chance to show off. Yeah, it was fun. I'm glad they, like, like, I believe I mentioned this last week, or maybe I didn't even mention it, but I'm glad they moved the Women's Battle Royal. To the main um, show, yeah. To the main show. And it's like, all these people, all these wrestlers, you know, particularly like, you know, your Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, you know, they, with Christian, as the storyline's been elevated, they've, you know... Made the most, I think, out of their time in the which, spotlight. Which yeah. we'll hear more about them at the end of the show oh, yes. as well. Yeah. Yes. And so, um, you know, I like it's good to see them on this, you know. I mean, with this match, you know, that's when we were kind of ordering food and talking. It, 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 it was a good match to have on while we were doing that. It served its purpose yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was fun. It was entertaining. It was quick. Yeah. And then after, we had our boy Dan Lambert in the crowd with his UFC fighters and Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, the men of the year. Again, I don't remember exactly what they were saying, but it was all fun and tight and mm. love Ethan Page, love Dan Lambert. Well, and Dan Lambert is probably the most, like, he's carrying the mantle of being upset. Like, Ethan Page he, is rubbing off. He really is, yeah. He, he's, like, taking a lot of Ethan Page's upsetness. And Ethan Page, while still upset, no. yeah, he's got a little bit more, a little more happy tone to him. Even yeah. though, you know, obviously he lost the coffin match against Darby. Um, and you know, we'll get into these guys, potential future tag team title challengers, Yeah, you know? So yeah, fun stuff there. I get, you know, we'll see. It appears Lambert is still going to be involved and 
I'm here for it. The guy's entertaining. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, at some point, someone's probably going to beat the shit out of him. So that'll yeah. be fun. Probably Lance Archer. But hey, we go to our main card, which opens up with God's favorite champion, the Redeemer, Miro, defeating Eddie Kingston in 13 minutes, 22 seconds. What an opener. Just, you know, starting it off on a strong, physical... You know, easy for the fans to get behind Kingston. Great selling from Kingston. Put up a hell of a fight. First one to get out of the game over submission. And he got a little fucked over by the ref at the end, didn't he? He did, yeah. It was Bryce like, Remsburg. Bryce, Bryce Remsburg, our, um, our AEW don't you do it. Yeah. Yeah, he's very don't you do it. <laughs> Which real life has a lot of history and like I think is really good friends with Eddie Kingston. They were in Chikara together. Oh, oh um, no, are, are you talking Miro or Remsburg? Remsburg, oh. Remsburg and Eddie Kingston. Ah, um, okay, gotcha. So in kayfabe now, he fucked him with... You know, we didn't even notice it at first, the turnbuckle pad. Eddie had pulled the turnbuckle pad off at some point. Kingston, who'd been working Miro's neck the whole time with those suplexes, hits a hammer of a DDT, gets the cover. Remsburg nowhere to be found. Yeah, nope. Yeah, just in the corner. I think he was just putting the turnbuckle well, pad on. He wasn't on. being very accountable, was he? No, no, he was not. Uh, not accountable. But um, <laughs> but anywho, um, yeah, like I think this match, you know, fulfilled the quota of. Miro needs a good challenger, and it ticked that box off. Definitely the best Miro TNT yeah, yeah, title it, match, and they've all been solid. But yeah, this but, is the first like step up. Yeah, yeah, the, fir- the, the first one with story in it. And even then, know, it was yeah. a quick story, but you know they yeah. got to. Yeah, it. and uh, you know, like it was a pretty classic Eddie match. You know, we've seen a lot of matches with Eddie against a, a, a opponent who's you know way bigger than him. Mm-hmm. So it really kind of followed that um, narrative pretty well. The underdog, you know, he yeah, he, it, it didn't deviate too much from the formula, but I think that's what we needed. It fulfilled both like kind of that classic Eddie underdog formula with the Miro needs an actual challenger. So, yes. you know, double box. And, and they off. both yeah. got a lot of offense in. I mean, in a lot of these Miro matches, you know, even with opponents like Lee Johnson and Pillman and Evil Uno Fuego. and Fue- like they've got he, Miro has allowed his opponents to get a lot of offense in, and then usually he'll yeah. kind of have an abrupt turn at the end. This was still Kingston with a lot of offense, but it was back and forth. Kingston had so many chops. Remember at the end of the match, Miro's chest was like red oh yeah and no, no 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 over. no no it looked like he had like a was poisoned yeah. or something like that. He hit him know? with the Kobashi chops yeah, yeah. that actually Kojima does in the next match where he literally just kind of hammers him like this. I know yeah. the listeners can't see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, kind well, of well, well, backwards. Well, it almost looks like he's trying to like get his heart to like beat, you know, like, yeah. like a Heimlich, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah, just like rapid fire yeah, yeah. chops. Um, a lot of suplexes, like I mentioned from Kingston. Kind of that whole story coming in was Eddie's like, I know your weakness, it's your neck. So I'm going to hit you with these suplexes, DDTs. Um, and yeah, he did He did just that. Um, and, and we mentioned the game over earlier that he got out of. You know, just him scratching and clawing and the fans going nuts. Like, that's something we hadn't seen in AEW yet. Um and then after he got out of him, he hit him with that wicked spinning back fist. And then that DDT. And then I loved that, you know, Remsburg was probably a whole three seconds late. Maybe two to oh, get yeah. the count. And then the fans, you fucked up. You fucked up. Yep. Always great. Yep. And then Remsburg again kind of fucks with Eddie Kingston as he's about to get him in a pile driver. Miro fights out, pushes him towards the corner. Or Eddie's about to push Miro into that exposed turnbuckle, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Remsburg gets in the way. Yeah. 
low blow kick from Miro, and then he hits him with like a big roundhouse, and then off the rope super kick. This is one of the first, and that's um, it. Yeah, AEW matches where I've seen like refs, you know, kind of get involved, like you know, kind of like you know, take like be um, not impartial. Really part of the story, yeah. yeah. Which again, we have talked about often on air, like. And Bishop has mentioned this to us as well. Like, AEW's refereeing in general, it's not the best. But, you know, I did liken this to see, like, the ref... You know, this was obviously all part of the story. You know, getting involved. And now, Kingston kind of has a gripe to be able to get a rematch. So, I, you know, I would rather have the refs, quote-unquote, enforcing the rules than not. You know, in a lot of these tag matches and interference and shit like that. But it's just something that doesn't bother me like it bothers bishop and other people but i did like how they really worked it into the match here and we'll see another similar like referee moment in the mjf jericho match later on i mean obviously different but like the refs kind of being part of the story of the match and it working well if you ask me yeah yeah no i agree so yeah fun very fun match to kick off this night and match number two interesting card positioning which we'll get into but John Moxley defeats the bread man, Satoshi Kojima, in 11 minutes, 52 seconds. I mentioned it, you know, another very fun match here. A very, very slight tick down from the opener, if you ask me. But I was just surprised that they had these two matches back to back. Because they're both very similar type. Both, excuse me, both kind of like the Japanese strong style with a lot of heavy strikes and suplexes. You know, just, they were very similar matches. So I didn't necessarily agree with them both being back-to-back to open the show. However, again, just another fun match. Moxley was locked in. Kojima, 50, he's a 50-year, as I mentioned, but certainly doesn't look like it does. Like, both in his appearance and how he yeah, wrestled. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. he looked spry and good to go. Yeah. I mean, this was a fun match. It was, like sure. like you said, a strong-style match, like, like hard-hitting. You know, lots of slaps and chops. Yep. Yeah, you know. Kojima did the kind of even more pronounced than um, Eddie Kingston, the kind of those chops in the corner where he's just really kind of open fist, like, hammering you. Yeah, you know, and, and we spent a lot of time, like, during the match also watch, talking about, like, where Mox is going to go from here. Yeah. You know, like, yes. how, how, how do we book Mox in the future? Which, like, you know, obviously coming up on our Cincy show. Yeah, we learned. It, like, like, like it, it's going to be a big Mox show. Oh, so, yeah. So, you know, what's going on with it? And, we did. Yeah, yeah, we were talking a lot about that. And, yeah, just a very solid, well-executed, strong-style, hard-hitting matchup here. Again, similar to the first one, but, you know, a little less. They're just the stakes weren't the same. We haven't seen Kojima here as much, but crowd was still pretty into him. Crowd was into Moxley. Um you know, we had the Moxley's bloody elbow. I think there was one point they were like oh, yeah. biting each other yeah. up on the top turnbuckles. So, you know, they were they were into it. There were a lot of suplexes, the German suplexes, a lot of clotheslines because uh, Kojima's a big lariat guy. Um, he hit the apron DDT on Moxley. He hit the Koji cutter. Uh, but ultimately, Mox with a series of clotheslines hit the headbutt. Hit the paradigm shift, and then the big, you know, the one that he finishes it with, kind of the big up in the air paradigm shift for the win, and then Minoru Suzuki, legend, 
He's either 50, 51, but like even last year in the G1 at his age, like this guy's just having banger matches. Mm -hmm. And you see him come out, and our, we were watching with our buddy Dan. And he's like, and it might have even been you, but one was like, he looks younger than Moxley. Yeah, he, oh, he does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and it was, I, I guess I like, sort of circle back to the discussion. I was like, how old's Mox? 40 something? Like, no, yeah. he's in his 30s. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus Christ. He's not. Us? I don't like, know yeah. for sure. I, if I had, let, let's just look it up right now. I think he's probably 36, but he's not too much older it's 35 yeah which is what i said last night i'm like he's probably two years older than us wow yeah Jeez, like, like, <laughs> like, like 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 man like like when did our parents take us to the fountain like like you like, like your parents were ponce and my parents were de leon yeah, well, you know? so, yeah, yeah. just putting it this way like mox grew up here in cincinnati i mean i grew up in northern kentucky but same area my brother is would have been a year above Moxley in high school, wow. which is just really weird yeah, to think yeah, about, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, I he, think, he's my cousin Dusty's age. I know you've, I've talked about him a yeah, lot. I know Dusty you've never McCarty. seen him. Dusty McCarty. Dusty McCarty. I know yeah. you've never seen him, but like, yeah, yeah. that does. <laughs> and Moxley's yeah, yeah, just a yeah. bad yeah. man. But we digress. Fucking Suzuki, and we get to see the match in Cincinnati. And man, and they had that showdown they had after the match. Six like Suzuki is very sadistic and like he gets that smile on his face in the in like basically like i want to inflict punishment on you. yeah wait, wait, wait. i can already tell you we're probably doing a suzuki match next week yeah. for if you recall cool. uh maybe suzuki versus kota abushi from last year's g1 i don't know there's a lot but to be able to get to see him live and against Moxley, and it's and, gonna and it's gonna be the main event, and it's the homecoming like, like most of likely, six, yeah, I would yeah. imagine yeah. it has to be. Yeah. And they, I, told, I mentioned this to you guys last night. It was February of 2020, very shortly before the pandemic. Moxley defended the IWGP US title against Suzuki at one of New Japan's New Beginning shows last year. Like four and a half stars for me. Just a fucking brutal war. And I just can't wait to see it again. And just to be able to see, you know, fucking Minoru Suzuki in person is going to be a huge highlight for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, so. no, I can't wait for Wednesday. Wednesday. But yeah, good stuff. And just back-to-back, -back, just really, really strong matches to start the show. And we move to our third match, another very strong, solid match, in which Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, retains the AEW Women's World Championship, defeating Chris Statlander in 11 minutes, 35 seconds. Started off a bit slow, you know, took them a few minutes to get going, but once they hit their stride, this ended up one of the better women's matches in AEW we've seen in oh, a little while. Oh, yeah, and this was definitely Britt's best title defense. The Nyla Rose stuff obviously was significant. It was a little country music. This was a lot but better yeah, than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I, I really kind of, you know. Maybe was... a tiny notch below Brit's match against Sheeta when she won the title at mm. Double or Nothing, but pretty close to it. Like right. this was this was a lot of fun. And yeah. Probably, you know, Statlander was hurt for a long time when you came on board. And you've obviously no, no, they, seen they, they, her. They, they've rushed her back really well. You've seen her in a yeah. few little matches. But, like, this was obviously her first biggest match you've seen of her. And what would you think about her? I thought she looked great. No, but. I thought she I thought she looked really good. I mean, you know, uh, I'm glad, like, Britt has <clears throat> opponent. Like, you know, like, with, with Nyla Rose, it was sort of a very, you know... Kind of like a sort of very big person versus small person match, mm -hmm. and this one you know was fast, uh, but but it also was pretty hard hitting. It was very rolly, very rolly, yeah, yeah. Because that was early on. There were a lot of those like rolling counters and Britt trying to get the lockjaw in multiple times throughout the match, and Statlander kind of rolling her over. But yeah, I remember at one point you did make that rolling, rolling, very rolling, Scott rolling. It was Limp Biscuit rolling. Um. 
But yeah, and Statlander hit some pretty great moves. She hit that uh, Falcon Arrow. Um, she had that superplex where they were kind of fighting on the ropes and like jockeying for position, and Statlander like finally was able to like lift her up. Mm -hmm. Then she followed with the missed area 51. She was able to get out of the lock, John. She did that sweet scissor kick, yeah. which was awesome. And then she went for her kind of patented moonsault onto the outside, and Britt just like moved, and she just like fucking oh. face planted out. Oh, there. yeah, no, that looked like it hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Britt followed up very quickly with the curb stomp off the steps. Mm -hmm. But the note here was Orange Cassidy out there fucking losing his mind. Oh, yeah, no, no, he, he was going nuts. He was very animated. Like, that, like, 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 the word out of character came to mind. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, was yeah, to yeah, the and, point where, and, and, yes. And usually that's a pejorative. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, when somebody's out of character, like, it was interesting. Like, I don't know how to feel about it, I guess. I like, don't, I, uh, I think full well, like, Orange Cassidy knew what he was doing Oh, there. sure, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you're right, like, part of me was like, did he just crack character? Because, yeah. like, he just went nuts. Oh, no, so he, was, he was slapping the ring and, and like, yelling at the ref, like, 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 come like, on. Uh, yeah. So, I'd love to see it, well, but, like, it is a little odd because he's usually so in character. Well, well, well going forward, like, is he going to get more emotionally involved, like, like as he, like, kind of manages or is it ringside for her matches? Yeah, I don't like, like, like where are we going with orange with this because like this op, like like we say out of character because it was significant it wasn't Absolutely. just one or two moments it, it, it was it a came, few yeah. moments down the stretch yeah. there but it kind of came out of nowhere oh, oh, it was evident it was on, it was moment. on camera yep. you know yeah they had the announcers referenced it i mean i can't imagine his character in general is going to shift that much but yeah definitely very noteworthy thing just because it's something we hadn't seen yeah. and after that brit hit Adam Cole's Panama Sunrise into the curb stomp again in the ring, into the lockjaw, Satlander tapped out. But yeah, very, very, very fun women's match. Um, and then we got just a brief sketch with Andrade and Chavo talking about Pac missing his flight, which, you know, all said and done, wasn't the worst thing not having that show on this or that match on this show, we get to see it live this week because yeah. it's going to be on Rampage. Yeah, so, yeah that's going to be a hella match. Yeah, so we get that, Moxley and Suzuki. We get, let's just say, we get another bullshit match, Malachi yeah. Black versus Dustin Rhodes, which, for the listeners who may not know, we've referenced this quote-unquote bullshit match. It goes back to when it was Dustin Rhodes and Nick Camarado <laughs> main evented Dynamite. And then... <laughs> You had called, what, Malachi Black and Brock Anderson the bullshit match. And then Malachi Black and Lee Johnson. So pretty much anything to do with the Nightmare family or the factory. <laughs> Alright, well are you ready for this one? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> that was awesome. AEW World Tag Team Championship Steel Cage Match in which... The Lucha Brothers of Penta El Zero Miedo and Ray Phoenix defeat those dastardly, greasy young bucks in 22 minutes, 4 seconds. And you know what? I'm just going to call it. It's my match of the year, goddammit. Yeah. Not just an AEW overall. And I would just tell you, like, to see you that locked in during that match and our friend Dan that locked in, like... And to be able to experience that with you, like, that's as I was thinking, like, that's what put it over the edge. I mean, what a fucking joy. Oh, no, I, I had, an, like, I, well, I was, number one, engaged because, like, 
let's think about the elite. You know, the Good Brothers kind of non-fact. You know, like, but like Kenny, like I enjoy watching Kenny a lot. Oh yeah. But but Young Bucks, like they're good heel at what they do. But goddamn, like have their matches gotten annoying? They piss you like, off. Like, like like their interference and stuff. Yeah. And so like. This is the one that, you know, I was very emotionally invested in, and I was invested in it the whole way. And, and you know, the Lucha Brothers are easy to get behind. They're fun. They had the great match in Milwaukee. Yes. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I love it. Boy, was this a grand slam on yeah. all accounts. Yeah. I mean, even, what, three minutes into the match, I remember just remarking, like, holy shit, this is already amazing. Yeah. I mean, they just went, obviously, at a blistering pace. You know, there's going to be no tags in this situation. It was pinfall or submission only, no escape the cage. And obviously, we didn't talk about this last week's Dynamite, but how it ended with kind of that whole beatdown of all the elite on Christian and everyone, like, in the cage. So, like, Tony Khan, I think, like, tripled down and promised, like, there will be no interference here. And obviously there wasn't, but the, the Bucks did get... The super, the super kick, the shoe with the thumbtacks yeah. on it from Brandon Cutler, which uh, one of the announcers remarked, hell of a toss by Cutler, yeah, chucking it toss, up yeah. in there. Um, but man, yeah, just like, I, it's hard to even say the words. Like, I, I was kind of, I didn't rewatch the match, but was just reading a recap earlier, as I typically do before we do these shows. And it's like, there were just so many moves and so much action and so many super kicks and yeah. just... Man, so much blood. Everybody came to play, all four. It, it just had everything you wanted, and yeah, what a fucking match. What a finish. And the yeah. false finish that got me, I mean, flat out. Like I, So I predicted the Young Bucks would win. I thought there would somehow be some interference or something like a shoe with thumbtacks on it that right. would have gotten them the win. Right. Similarly to like Eddie Kingston and Miro where the Lucha Bros would have a gripe for a rematch and they win it at full gear. That was just kind of where my head was at. So after the Bucks got the shoe and the thumbtacks and they super kicked Penta I think twice and like rammed his face into the thumbtack shoe yeah. multiple times. like, And then they deposited, they did something to Phoenix and um, then they did the BTE trigger to Penta. And as it was happening, I'm like, damn it. I knew the Young Bucks were going to win. Yeah. But this opens the rematch. Ah! Like, I was saying that, like, as the count was happening. Yeah. And at that point, like, we were already all so locked in. And at that point, we'd gone nuclear. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think at that point, it was pretty clear that um, the Lucha Bros were going to win. But man, and you know, we were saying all along too, like someone's going to the top of the cage. Yeah. Someone's going to the top of yeah, the cage. Yeah, and they had, you know, they were doing like the Vega from Street Fighter kind of thing. Yeah, they yeah. teased it multiple times. Yeah. And like after that BTE trigger, um, you know, Phoenix eventually starts climbing his way up. And then Nick Jackson starts climbing his way up. And it's like, holy fuck, what are they going to do? And. Phoenix ends up kicking Nick off, which seemed like a pretty bad bump. Like, he yeah. was pretty high, and then did the high cross body off the top. One minor complaint was that he hit Penta, too, and Penta just got up immediately, and they did the double-team package pod driver. But it doesn't matter. That's a very, very, very minor thing. Like, whew. Overall, like, a great narrative story match that, like, really sort of played into the Bucks' heels, you know. Like, like, like playing into that expectation, that sort of like um, looming inevitability that, oh yeah, they're going to find exactly. some bullshitty way to win. And it didn't happen. Which is what made that yeah. kick out so much better. Well, Phoenix like barely got the save, if yeah. you remember on that. Like he was kind of out of the picture and then like 
as the hand on taking a massive beating. Yeah, as the hand. Yeah, he got. I think both their masks were torn. Yeah, that was either right before. I think that was right after they tried to rip the masks off. Yeah. Yeah, and at one point, I think it was after the save. And Phoenix hit one of the Bucks with what they call the Black Fire Driver. I didn't know that name, but he had him like up on his shoulders and like spun him around and like slammed him. That's when Tony Schiavone's like, "What the hell are we watching?" Yeah. <laughs> and Jr. is like, "A classic." And then you know, towards the end, there were just a million super kicks. And then remember, they went around in the circle of super kicks. Oh where yeah, one yeah, would yeah. hit the other. And, 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 then, and it wasn't always in like a perfect circle. It was yeah. like kind of very. It, it had a, its own unique flow to it. And then each yeah. of the older brothers hit the younger brother with the package pile driver on the apron at yep. the same time. And then uh, Penta ended up hitting. Um, Matt Jackson with the Avalanche uh, fucking destroyer yet again. Very similar to two years at All Out. Two years ago at All Out, off the top of the ladder, through the table. Oh, but man, yeah. Uh, the blood, you know, certainly added to it. Just oh, made yeah, it, it was, that much yeah, more yeah, dramatic. There, 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 the ripped mask. There's a smattering on the ring. Yeah, you know, for real. Yeah. Just a lot of blood towards yes. the end. Oh man, uh, but yeah, it was just it was something else. Um, and yeah, then it, I loved the, it. At the end, Penta got to celebrate with his kids and wife, and he's like kissing his kids and getting blood all over them. And yeah, yeah, it no, was amazing. No, no, it was definitely like, 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 like the like sort of like emotionally rewarding part of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of like somebody winning a match, like it came at the right time. It came like a little bit past the middle. Yeah, it's probably, it, yeah, like right about the midpoint. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, it was like just kind of a like, you know, I was locked in after that match, but then after that, like I was just in a great mood. Yeah, and just down for the rest of the show. Yeah, well, and again, just the pace and the execution and everything from right off the bat was just scorching, and it never let down. No, nope. and it just got crazier and crazier and bigger and bigger. No, no played to all, played to their strengths. You know, really, you know, like 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 the Bucks. You know, they're 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 you know flippy themselves, not yep. as flippy as the Lucha Brothers. Yep. But you know, kind of that and the cage structure really lent itself to it. Yeah, they did the. Yeah, they, remember there was times early that like each of the Lucha Bros like speared the Bucks into the cage. Phoenix was jumping and flying around a lot. Um, the the Bucks did that move. It's called more bang for your buck, where Nick did the four fifty front flip splash, and then Matt follows up with the moon salt, and then they hit him with a couple low blows and. They hit him with that indie taker before that, where Nick not only hit the tombstone but also like slammed on some. It was just crazy. It was just crazy. And yeah, just like in that moment, just like how we were all acting and just locked in and just not knowing what was gonna happen. Yeah, and, and being kind of like, like having moments where the, having an all is lost moment. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with the um, with the thumbtack shoe. Yeah, and like you know, a great all is lost moment. You know, kind of in the 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 third act the between the second and third act of that match and then just the reward at the end you know when you kind of knew like you know the you know the lucha brothers kicked out of that and uh you know things were going to be okay i can't wait to watch it yeah like uh yeah no i I just and we were giving each other high fives after oh yeah we were fired yeah 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 like um definitely um the most emotionally involved i've been in in a match i'd say by far from where i sit you know yeah yeah and uh yeah, it was no, awesome. No, I loved it. I, lo- I loved every, and you know, this is uh, this is why uh, this why, is why we're here. Yes, AEW match of the year, overall match of the year. I'd put it at 
probably number two AEW matches all time behind the Bucks versus Kenny and Hangman from Revolution 2020, but it's right there. Um, credit to the Bucks. I mean, man, like heels, faces, whatever. Like, I don't care what you think about them. These guys can fucking have very entertaining, good matches, and they don't have to have all the bullshit. You know, yeah. that's, they prove that time and time again. But recently, obviously, they've had so much interference. So this was. Just fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah. Just what a fucking match. I what a show. Wholeheartedly agree. And, uh... Now we have to move on. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we have to move on, and we move on with uh, the Women's Battle Royal. Ruby, don't call me Riot. Call me South Houston. South Soho. South Houston. Defeating Abaddon, Anna Jay, Big Swole, Diamante, Emi Sakura, Hikaru Shida, Jade Cargo, Jamie Hayter, Kier Hogan, Kylan King, Layla Hirsch, Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, Rebel, Red Velvet, Rio, Sky Blue, Ty Conti, The Bunny, and Thunder Rosa in 21 minutes, 56 seconds. <sighs> so, um, you know, this was fun. And again, like you said earlier, happy this was on the main show. I don't love how, you know... They have them come in these chunks in these three and a half yeah. minutes. Well, and I thought I think like how like who they had in at the beginning. Like they had Nyla Rose in at the beginning, and Nyla Rose keeps on going and yeah. going and last in the match, and you know she ain't winning. Yeah, because like they've already done like her thing with Brit. Yeah, the way they know? chunked it yeah. out, just I wasn't the biggest fan. But like when it was all said and done, I was still entertained by the match. Um, I think the right person won i think you know ruby's obviously a very fresh challenger for brit you know this was my prediction that she was going to come and probably win i thought ty conti had a decent chance thunder rosa Rosa had a decent chance but like assuming it was going to be ruby i think it just made too much sense for her to win you know you put her over right away she's not beating brit yeah but like she can come in fresh and probably give brit a hell of a match she's a baby face like the crowd loved her last night i'm already getting excited for chanting ruby on wednesday and this match also marked the return of anna jay which was nice to see at least in ring we saw her come back last week on dynamite so it was good to see her. You know, I didn't think she was really going to win, but she had to be a candidate. I think she got chucked by Penelope, who was eliminated by Ty Conti. Like, they've kind of had that mini feud. I imagine we may see Conti and Anna Jay versus Penelope and the Bunny at some point. Yeah. Um, obviously, Jade Cargill was going to be a factor. I know she had a few eliminations. Came in late. Yeah, but was ultimately eliminated by Nyla, who also eliminated Ty Conti. Which was a surprise. Um, yeah, yeah, so I think the final three were uh, Nyla, Thunder Rosa, and Ruby Riot. Ruby Soho. And, yeah, Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho, yeah. So-ho. <laughs> uh, Thunder Rosa eventually eliminated Nyla. I think she, like, kicked her over. And then Ruby and Thunder Rosa had that nice moment where they kind of, like, paused and looked at each other and you know crowd was into it and they really teased a lot of eliminations on the, it was a big apron battle yeah, yeah between had. those two yeah and it was you know real pretty nicely done and i think ruby ended up kicking her in the head and thunder did like a classic collapse sell off yeah. and uh crowd really enjoyed it you could tell it was a big moment for ruby you know even when she came out like again we talk about those human moments you could see the emotion on her face and yeah, I mean, this was just a nice showcase for a lot of the women. It, it, again, it was a shame how it was chunked out. Like, some of them just got eliminated so quickly. Like, yeah. Riho. Remember at one point, Riho. Maybe Sakura. Yeah, yeah. Well, when Riho, like, it appeared, like, went under the rope or something yeah. or went through the rope. And, like, the 
Justin Roberts is like, Riho has been eliminated, and the crowd booed. It's like, I don't think she really was. But anyway, I would have liked to see a little more out of Riho in this, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So. And then we have what they were calling the final fight in which Chris Jericho finally defeats Ndruf in 19 minutes, 36 seconds. You know, it wasn't like the flashiest, you know, it was completely different than the cage match, but it was just a very solid, well-worked, well-built conclusion to this feud. You know, MJF had that arm bar. Well, let's just get to the ref stuff first, because we talked about it earlier in Kingston and Miro, and this was certainly the biggest thing in this match. Um, MJF had hit Jericho with Floyd, you know, we're late in the match, he hammers him with the Judas effect, like, it was really nicely done by MJF, and, like, as it happened, we're losing, I'm like, oh, shit, he was close to the ropes, I'm like, he's gonna get his foot on the ropes, and Aubrey Edwards counts one, two, foot goes on the rope, three, bell rings, and I'm like, you know, this isn't the way it's gonna happen. Now, you hadn't really seen something yeah, like this before. Yeah, never seen like a, like a restart. Because it hasn't happened in AEW. And, you know, this is, uh, what did we call it last? A classic plot match trope. Yeah, it's a classic, yeah. I mean, this was definitely, obviously, the biggest plot match on the show. And Jericho's nickname is... La Man de la Plot Mancha. La Man de la Plot Mancha finally got his victory. But yeah, so Aubrey counted the three... It was pretty obvious Jericho's foot got on the rope earlier. You know, MJF's music's playing. He's excited. And I'm like, someone's going to come down here and say something, whether it's Tony Khan and sure enough, our guy, referee Paul Turner. And disputed the result. Comes down there and uh, let Aubrey know what he, he, was He what. was like, hey, Aubrey. Yeah. Well, you know, glad uh, that his foot was on that and it's not the end of the show. Yeah, um, before you counted three. And, you know, these fans in Chicago, you know, they want to know they want to be filled with glee. And they, and they want to know that the result is, is you know, good and everything. It's going to be Jericho. There's an even flow. And then, you know, uh, <laughs> and Jer- and Jericho named Jeff, you know, you're a fight. And even flow was the name of Raven's move back it's in also, the day. It's also a Pearl Jam song. Yeah. Really like Pearl Jam. yeah, they've got their moments. But we also got this. Well, and then it ended. That I was about to say MJF after that. Well, Jericho rolled up MJF immediately. Didn't get it. MJF locked him in the salt of the earth armbar which was very dramatic because you know Jericho it seemed like he was gonna tap a million times and you know it's like could he no he obviously didn't um but then well it, it played a lot off of you know like him tapping out of the last match they like you know yeah an- another uh, great plot match trope is you know just kind of like building off the end result of the last mm-hmm. match and having that uh color what's going on like have that sort of cast whatever uh, shade yeah and uh yeah um, you know, I, I, I really liked it, you know. Yeah, it was very solid, and Jericho ended up tapping out MJF himself. Uh, earlier in the match, this is kind of a big thing, we got to see MJF go for a moonsault, which yeah. you don't really see much of. He looked pretty good doing it. You know, obviously he's a very athletic guy, but he usually keeps himself pretty grounded. Yeah, he's not flippy. Uh, but clearly he can be. Um, and Jericho followed up with the pop-up power bomb. He hit a couple code breakers. Um... MJF did a great job selling this match the whole time. Oh, he had that, like, the back. Yeah, he was, like, kind of crying in the corner at one point. And when he countered Jericho's Hurricane Rana into a powerbomb, like, he really sold the back on that. 
Uh, but yeah, just a great job by both men and uh, a very satisfying end of the feud. I mean, I, I feel yeah, like this it, has, it, it has to be, be right. Yeah, like both um, wrestlers and stables need. You know, it's time for them to move on to other things. And I'm guessing, you know? like, I don't know what the dates are, but Jericho's probably gonna go on tour with Fozzie sometime oh, soon. I and... guess we also have to mention the intro. Uh, oh, with the Fozzie yeah. guitarist, a little weak. Didn't and, quite work. No, yeah, and the crowd was a little off singing Judas. Yeah, yeah you good know. thought, but yeah, it just didn't quite work. I, I mean, I guess like one positive that came out of it was that at the end when they played Judas, like everybody was on and everybody yeah. was down. Yep. But but yeah, the, yeah, the intro just kind of you know without the drums too, a little too airy. Yep. And then we got the moment many were waiting for. CM Punk returns and defeats Darby Allen in 16 minutes, 40 seconds in, you know, very, very, very solid, well worked. I just said all this, but again, just like, this was great. CM Punk looked like he hadn't missed much of a beat. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, they obviously started it off pretty deliberately, pretty slow paced, you know, getting some headlocks and some counters and stuff like that, like clearly just to knock the rust off, but... Once Darby really got going a little bit, oh yeah, and, you know, and, and, the, they really fucking took this to the next and, level. And Darby looked fucking great in this. Match. Oh yeah, like like you know like CM Punk really brought a lot of great out of him. Absolutely, you know, and it was just him in isolation. Like Sting was pretty much gone for the yeah. whole match. Yep. Um, yeah. No, I, I you know like CM like they definitely started off you know a little you know to kind of get like you said to get him kind of acclimated yeah. to things. But I think you know like man. Like, I don't know if it was Darby really, like, throwing things up in a high gear and then CM Punk matched it, or that, if CM Punk kind of, like, you know, enabled him. Yeah. You know. I think that, obviously, they'd planned it all out, you know, but I think once Darby really kind of took his gear to the next gear, you know, CM Punk followed suit. And, yeah, like, it wasn't a five-star classic by any means, but it was just a very damn good match, and it was just so awesome to see CM Punk back there again. Wearing tights, which was weird. Like, I feel like I've always just seen him in trunks. Uh, but, yeah, like, once we got to the midway point, Punk looked like he'd never been gone, let yeah. alone gone for seven-plus years. Um, you know, he he hit, he went for the GTS a lot in this match. Mm -hmm. Went for it early, and Darby kind of scattered out of the ring. He ended up hitting it at one point, but knocked Darby out of the ring. And, obviously, at the end, he hit him with the counter into it. Um but yeah, Darby was just a madman in this, like usual. Remember early on, Punk threw him into the quarter and he kind of like slipped through and like hammered the ring post yeah, and yeah, went yeah. outside. Like that was wild. Of course, he hits his trademark suicide dive like no one else can. Um, he hit the swanton bomb, which is like the flip over onto him. He does the GTS go to sleep hand, hand sign. Um, and then he did, I think they call it the last supper pin where he kind of ties the legs up like he's going to do a sharpshooter and pins them, which I remember that got really close. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was great, you know. Uh, yeah, like, like it was great in terms of hitting like kind of the, the, the um, story and emotional beats it needed mm -hmm. to hit. You know, like, like you said, the match wasn't necessarily like a classic. Yeah. You know, like. It was like, what it needed it, to be. It, it was what it needed to be. And I think like, you know. Not knowing Punk as well as you do and liking Darby like I do. Like, I don't know. Like, he, like, kind of, you know, it brought, like, it wasn't like a typical Darby match where it's the bullying angle where he gets no. beat up. Like, Darby was, you know, an aggressor a lot of the time and yep. he got to do his thing. And I think that really 
um, helped, at least for me, to kind of get into the match for this, like, less to be of a thing where CM Punk comes back and we're putting him over and we're anointing him. Yep. And it was like, you know, made it seem like a real, he had to work for it. It was a real match. Yep. And Darby was the perfect opponent for him because he can bump around and make his opponents look really good. Yeah, like, they both brought the best out of each other here. And, you know, we talked a lot about last night, just in general, what's next for this person, what's next for that person. CM Punk, obviously. Like, you can go any direction with him. Oh, yeah. Because well, well, there's so well, many guys he hasn't feuded well, with. And they, ha- and they had the handshake with Darby. With, and Sting. And yeah. Sting. So it's like, you know, they're allied with Mox and Kingston yeah. now. So it's like, you know, could they kind of, you know, all sort of do something together? Yeah. That could be a fun story with those characters. Absolutely. With those wrestlers, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Um, you know, presumably guys like him and Danielson and Cole, like, they're going to be here every week. I mean, they may not be on the show every single week because there's so many people, but yeah, I mean, just the fact that these guys are going to be in active storylines with just this roster, yeah. you know, that's just the exciting thing about it. Like, these three guys and a Malachi Black and even an Andrade, it's like to be able to see them interact with the likes of. A Jungle Boy, a Hangman, an MJF, a Phoenix, you know, all these guys. <sighs> yeah, it's just going to be great. Yeah. So, Spe- yeah. Sp- speaking of what's going to be great. <laughs> Match of the night. Paul White defeats QT Marshall in a too long of a match of 3 minutes 11 seconds. Wait, what was that? I think you said it all. And we go to our main event in which Kenny Omega defeats Christian Cage in 21 minutes and 19 seconds. Obviously, the story here was the post-match stuff, which we talked about earlier in the intro with, you know, well, let's just let's just get to it. So Kenny wins the match. He gets on the microphone, uh, starts talking shit. Jurassic Express comes out. They deposit he did, he did them. He a Steve Urkel reference. Yeah. Well, no, that was after Cole came out. Oh, good. But, they, you know, he gets on the mic, and he's like, basically, anyone who could beat me is either not here, retired, or already dead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're already... I'm calling for Danielson. Like, of course, something's going to happen. But didn't think it would be Cole. Like, that threw me off. But the moment he said already dead, like, it hit me. Before the lights even went out, I'm like, oh shit, it's going to be Adam Cole, isn't it? And then, boom, lights go out. Baby! Adam Cole comes out, and first you're thinking like, okay, is he going to go against Kenny? You know, because they were setting it up by whomever comes out is going to be the one to challenge him. And I was even saying it, I'm like, wow, this is, I mean, obviously it was great, but I'm like, I thought he would join them. And, you know. Ten seconds later, he super kicks Jungle Boy and hugs him, and the Bucks give him the kiss, and yeah, that's when Kenny's like, did I do that? And Cole says something about, you know, ain't no chance in hell, which is a shot at Vince McMahon, and that's when Kenny's like, I'm about to bid everyone adieu, and then Daniel Bryan, yes, yes! Yes! And the crowd started doing it, too, before crowd started doing it, it before it, Cole even like, came like, out, Like actually. they summoned him. Yeah. You know, I thought that was Which cool. Which, I, I think we mentioned this on the Milwaukee episode, but getting to do the yes in Milwaukee alone was tight. Now we're going to get to do it in two days with yeah. him, Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Bryan fucking Danielson actually there. Um, and, yeah, he, you know, just came out. Heroes welcome. He was just laying into Nick Jackson with kicks, and he hit the running knee, and everyone was going nuts. And he stood tall with Christian and Jurassic Express. 
So I'm guessing we'll see maybe Danielson, Christian, Jurassic Express versus the Bucks, Kenny, and um, who would the fourth be? I guess someone else from that group. Oh, Cole. Oh, duh. Cole, yeah. But against there, against the Bucks, Kenny, and Cole. That's probably going to happen. They could obviously do Danielson Cole. Uh-huh. They could do Danielson Kenny. Uh, but here, let's Myriad th- possibilities. Now's the time to talk about Hangman because we don't know when he's coming back. It and, almost and we, seems talk, like, we talked about this a lot last night yeah, throughout the show. Like yeah. it seems like Danielson is going to be the next to challenge Kenny, but we don't know that. We don't know if Kenny will challenge or Hangman will challenge Kenny at full gear. You know, it's it's exciting. It's a good problem to have. I mean, you have fucking superstars here that you got to work with. But like we were saying last night, like Hangman winning the title is still the end goal. Oh here. yeah, and you know, like like the, the momentum for that is like you know that like they've started that long ago. I will be bummed. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I mean like that that like the momentum's. Too strong for that. Like these additions, you know, can't, can't take away from that. Like, yeah. You know, like like they aborted that story for now, but like to do that would be the most illogical form of booking. That's what I w- don't w- want w- to uh, happen. Incomprehensible, and and I don't think it will. No, I what I don't I don't want Danielson to beat Kenny because that's mm. the thing. It's like I would be happy about that, but it's like that's just not the right move here. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe you do Danielson Cole and Hangman comes back at the Arthur Ashe show or something like that. I don't know yeah. what's going to happen, but I like that I don't know what's going to happen. And I like that there's just these all these guys and women and everyone here. Like, it's just exciting. It is exciting. And to the match, you know, Christian, again, like you mentioned it last night as well. It's like we had this Hangman story in our minds and the road to all out. And I don't want to say it didn't matter because it still matters. But like, despite that not being on the show, and we got this show, the best AEW show ever, one of the best American pay per views in many years. Um, but yeah, so like, it was like, oh man, Christian Kenny's such a lame main event. Well, you know what? It worked, and it built to this story of these two guys debuting. Yeah, and, and I mean, the match was still solid. Match was very again. We've been saying it every match, like well, just a very good match well, yet again. Us, and for us, there's added added intrigue because of hit watch. Hit watch. Hit watch. Hit watch. Oh, Moxley hit Dan Callis. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, like you know, it was boiling. I mean, it was boil like like it was you know Don Ka- Dan Callis had never been so involved in a match well, from the get go, and we proclaimed very quickly that we thought it was going to happen. Yes, I, we did because like Callis was helping Kenny get tables and like really just stirring the yeah, pot I, I, more I, I, than he normally does. Yeah, 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 more than just being at ringside. And with everything that happened in Milwaukee with Christian putting his hands on him, and last week you know when he got that beat down in the cage, it's like it was primed. Mm-hmm. And with as involved as Callis, what you know, he wasn't at commentary. He was at ringside and really just right there the whole time and yeah. kind of running away here and there. And he ended up getting in the ring at the very end. Yeah. And Christian chased him out. Hit watch still lives. Well, I mean, that's classic hit watch at this point. Yeah. Callis knows he's going to get hit yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like you can see it in his face. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. 
But the key word in that sentence is time. Because yeah. it constantly is like, you know. And who's going to do it? I mean, there's still so many candidates at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it could be Hangman, it, ultimately. It, it, it's truly gone from being something that we think is like some sort of a concrete thing we can pin down to mystifying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and again, yeah, like you said, really good match. Uh, you know, worthy of a pay-per-view main event for sure, especially with what happened afterwards. I'd put this in the Rampage match pretty equivalent. Like, the Rampage match was obviously like six, seven minutes shorter. Right. Uh, this one took its time to really build, but they were both damn good. I mean, Christian, ever since he got into AEW, all the guy's done is have very good matches, you know. He's just great, and yep. he's uh, he's worked his ass off, and he got his moment. He got the Impact title. He beat Kenny. You know, he's going to be just fine, obviously, and, you know, he's aligned with Danielson and Jurassic Express, and, uh, yeah, we had the, the table bump in this match with uh, Christian eventually hitting the spear on Kenny, but they teased the one-wing angel, and he Christian, like, sliced oh, open yeah, his yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. Like, he definitely took the worst of it there. Kenny kicked out of a kill switch at one point, which is a really good moment. Um, but he ended up, it ended up, they were fighting on the top rope. Christian trying to hit the kill switch. Kenny gouged the eye and he hit him with the, I guess it was the second rope, one winged angel mm -hmm. to end the match. And we already got through the post show. And yeah, yeah what I mean, a night. Yeah, Can't yeah, wait I mean, for, I mean, hell, by the time you hear this, a day, most likely. When's this Wednesday, mm -hmm. September 8th in Cincinnati. What a night it's going to be. What are we going to do? I don't know. We're going to be rolling 10 deep and yelling and screaming and having fun. Yeah, I mean, just, wow. Like, definitely, like, peak interest of AEW. Like, like, like they're, oh, they're, yeah. they're, 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 what a night for them. Like, they had, like, 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 like they're experiencing a peak. Just other know. than Big Shit or Paul White QT, which was very fine for what it needed to be. Like, there were no low moments in no, the show. No, And, like, the Paul White QT was just sort of like, it had to be there. It, yeah. was, it wasn't like it was like wedged in there and forced upon. It's not you. like it took away from the show and no. it was three minutes. No. Um, like the women's battle royal, I would call the weakest match, and it was still entertaining. And like beyond that, if we're talking again, I star ratings. Like there was so much at or above the four star level or right there for me. Like pretty much every match. No. So yeah, this was it was just fucking great show and uh, yeah. We're now we're I'd say we're not like on the road to full gear, but like two but, know, we're two months just over two months away. We're, we're beyond the uh, terminus. This is the shortest terminus. time period in between two pay per views mm -hmm. they have. So buckle the fuck up. Belt and seat. Mm. Yeah. Or not belt and seat. Good lord, like the one that goes around your waist, and the one you wear in a car. Hoagie, you won't fucking believe the next thing he said. No, he said I'm on the way to becoming a brain buster boy. No, I ain't getting fucking ahead of myself, Hoagie. You are just fucking jealous. Take a hike. All right, good buddy. I'll meet you at Pat's an hour. <laughs> All right. What did the mailman bring me today? Fucking eviction notice. What in the fuck? God damn it. Be the water, not the rock. The water. Be the water, not the fucking rock. Jesus fucking Christ, Greg. Do you ever catch a fucking break? Hey, if it's about the eviction notice, I fucking got it. I told you it'd be fucking late this month. God damn it, I swear to fucking God. 
Listen, I had to buy this microphone for this new goddamn job I got, and it cost a pretty fucking penny. <laughs> there it is. There what is? That Greg Goldman charm, rough like a diamond, baby. Uh, who the fuck are you? Fox Monroe, last tycoon production. So glad to finally meet the voice behind the report. Shit, I got a fan. Kinda weird you found me, but whatever. What can I do for you? Greg, I've listened to your stuff on BBB, and I've been in New York scouting all week. And I just couldn't pass up an opportunity to meet THE Greg Goldman. Would you please turn that off? Oh yeah, sure, sure. Sorry, come on in. All right, Greg. You seem like a no-bullshit guy. I'm gonna cut right to the chase. Oh, hold the fuck up. Are you trying to sell me something? Listen, I don't know if you've heard, but I ain't got fucking money to shell out. Gregory, I need you to listen to this. This guy is a, is a train wreck. RSX hits Union Pacific, kaboom. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I do. I think we can, like, control it. Like, like, this guy is, like, obviously easily manipulated. We can, you know, like, if we can get this every time, if we can exploit this, mm. you know... Yeah, you know what I'm saying I did. Yes, I mean this Glad was fucking theory. gold. Yeah, yeah th this was gold. Take yeah. This gold yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... I, I'm. Fuck. I mean, like, that things were going fucking good. Even fucking Beaumont told me I was on the way to becoming a brainbuster boy. Like. And I mean, I get him being a fucking liar because he's fucking Beaumont. But I mean, Brett, like I thought he and I were fucking. <sighs> fuck. God fucking damn it. Greg. Greggy. Gregory. It's okay to be upset. I would be too. And I'm sorry. I really am. You work too hard. You struggled too much for them to treat you like that. I know. I just, you know, I wanted a chance to be a fucking brain buster boy to talk about wrestling, but I fucked it up, man. But Greg, I'm not so sure that being a brain buster boy is what you want or what I want for that matter. I think you and I both want the exact same thing. Again, what the fuck is that? I want your voice, that fiery, rough around the edges, won't back down from a fight you started voice to be the voice of wrestling. I want you to have your own show, one better than the Brain Buster Boys. Right, right. You're a funny guy, Fox. Sure, I'd love to have my own show, but there's no fucking way. No way I could even be in the same fucking league as the Brain Buster Boys. They think I'm a fucking loser, man. Fuck me. I am fucked. Jesus, Greg, be the water, not the rock. Gregory, I've heard of this water of the rock thing. I want you to think of it this way. Say you go along with things. You go with the flow. But deep down, you know something's off. You notice the water getting faster. So you look up and you notice that the water is headed right off a fucking cliff. Oh, that's the Brain Buster voice, Greg. They're old news. Brett and Beaumont think they can just sit there 
blow last tycoon's money, treat you like utter shit, and still spin straw into podcast gold. But I've worked in this industry for a long time. I know how this ends. It's more like spinning straw into bronze. Sure, it's notable, has an identity, but it will never be better than what it already is. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but... I think you can be golden, Greg. You just have to be the rock. Don't fall off the cliff with him. Well, even if I fucking could, take a look around. Like, how the fuck am I going to afford to put on a show if I can't even pay for this shithole fucking apartment? Greg, if you come with me, you won't ever have to live here anymore. All right. If you recall, I have notes about this. Uh, yeah, as we mentioned, this was going to be one we were going to do during SummerSlam season, but we did not. Um, so we're going to SummerSlam 2013 WWE Championship match. Special guest referee is Triple H. Paul. And Daniel Bryan defeats John Cena in 26 minutes, 53 seconds. But then, Randy Orton Skull. cashes in his money in the bank after Triple H pedigrees and turns on Daniel Bryan. And he wins the WWE Championship. And this really sets into motion Daniel Bryan's run up to WrestleMania 30, which is some of the best shit I've seen in a long time. Um, but... You know, we talked about earlier, you had seen Daniel Bryan a little bit when we were covering him. You know, now you'd seen Cena a couple of times. Yep. But, uh, uh, you know, a great, like, promo video leading into the match, kind of going over the story of, like, Cena handpicking Daniel Bryan as, as his opponent. And Bryan, Vince McMahon doesn't like Bryan. And he's got this ref Brad Maddox in his pocket. And to keep, you know, order, Triple H becomes the ref and ends up turning on him. But... Uh, what did you think of the match? Um, no, I thought it was really, like, you know, like, definitely a big clash of styles. Like, Cena, you know, I've watched him long enough to where it's sort of like, he's a bit more of a, you know, like an entertain, like, like the entertainment side of sports entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, um, more so in the Punk match that I watched, and even more so in the Roman Reigns match that we watched at SummerSlam this year. Mm -hmm. A little bit more showboaty. Yeah. A little bit more of, of a character. Yes. Um, like I said, he, he you know is the type of wrestler that Vince likes who does a thousand push-ups and could be an undercover cop. Um, <laughs> and the crowd was hammering him with the you can't wrestle yeah, cheer yeah. early on, but... He proved, you know, he was doing well, some technical shit right out of the gate. Oh yeah, too. well, and the, and you like, you know, it was kind of in the very beginning where Cena kind of just overpowered him. But when things got fast, that was kind of more of Brian's will. And that you got to see that Daniel Brown, like he's just so exciting when he gets to that gear and he's just running as fast as he can and like hammering Cena in the corner and then he runs back to the other corner and as fast as he well, can. Well, well, and in terms of like the grippy th part of wrestling, like mm -hmm. the sport thing, where it's you know kind of like. Getting your body in a position to like you know be uh, have physical advantage. Particularly, He's one of the best, particularly against an opponent that like outweighed him by a mm -hmm. good bit. You know, uh, yeah, Daniel, like like being able to see that and understand that with Daniel Bryan, like you know, gets me kind of because like we really like whenever we were with WWE, uh, didn't really get a good sense of who. He, I mean, we watched that triple threat match at WrestleMania, yeah. and uh, 
I don't know. Um, like this, give me a better sense of his sort of identity in the Absolutely. ring. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And he's one of the best in terms of submissions and technical wrestling, and yeah, and he definitely showed that here, and is going to continue to show that in AEW. But um, yeah, Cena definitely was in control a lot early. Um, you know, he kind of got uh, you know was doing some of that wrestling stuff. He hit him with a sit down power bomb. But then Brian kind of came alive with the strikes and kicks in the corner. The yes kicks, you know, the crowd is going nuts. You know, the yes cheers in the crowd at Staples Center were certainly heavily in the favor of Daniel Bryan. Um, you know, at one point, Cena got the black eye. You know, you re you referenced it. Um, you know, Brian got out of several attitude adjustments. Um, but yeah, and then at one point, he was just hammering Cena with kicks and going, Get up! Yeah. Get up! Like, just, you got to see that intensity from Daniel Bryan. And he had it just throughout this entire match, for sure. Yeah, he, he totally did. And, um, you know, especially with the grippy part with the holds, when he had, I assume, like, like Jerry Lawler, um, called it, like, like, I call it the spider monkey hold, because Jerry Lawler used, like, he's like a spider monkey, yeah. you know? Like, he didn't get that one from Talladega Nights. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, like, like that was a really good moment in the match because Daniel Bryan was, like, clung to Cena hard. Oh, yeah. And, like, how Cena got out of that was, you know, obviously scripted, but, like, very impressive, too. Mm -hmm. You know, like, cause like Brian, like, just like did not let go. Yeah. This time. Yeah. Brian had Cena and STF at one point and put it on a hell of a lot better than Cena ever does. Like I've mentioned to you in the match against punk when Cena does it, he just kind of like holds their head in his arms as opposed to actually like torquing back. Uh -huh. And when Brian had it, you could tell he was like right on his face and yeah, just yeah, pull yeah. it back. Yeah. Had him in the yes lock a couple times. Cena hit an attitude adjustment at one point, which Brian kicked out of. Uh, yeah, I mean, this it once it kind of got going, it was it was pretty wild for sure. Um, Cena, remember he caught Brian. This was getting late in the match. He was gonna go for an AA on top. Brian was hammering him with those elbows, and then he was gonna about to do a Hurricane Rana, but Cena caught him. And just like brought him to the ground and almost like dumped him on his head. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very similar to Jericho in the Hooventude match, uh -huh. actually. Pretty much the same thing. Like when he caught him and brought him down in the walls. Um, this one he caught him and brought him down in the STF. Um, and then Brian ended up hitting those big running fast drop kicks. But then Cena fucking waylaid him with that clothesline that f completely flipped him over. Remember? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think you were. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that sort of like stymie. I think yeah. you were. Call you called it like one of the best clotheslines you'd seen. No, that, 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 yeah, that is, you know, pretty much the real thing that you actually hang clothes on. Yeah. And yeah, uh, towards the end, they couldn't even stand. They were leaning on each other. They did that slap exchange. Um, you know, another AA attempt, which Brian countered into a DDT. Brian rolls him up on an AA, kicks him to the head, does the yes chance, and then he gets the running knee, which was hit perfectly for the win. And yeah, just the emotion of this match was just through the roof. I mean, not quite punk Cena levels, but I'd say, you know, this but, was but like... For, for a different kind of story. Yeah, too. and this was two years after that fact, and I would say like... I'm trying to just think real quick, but like this was probably the most emotional WWE match since that match. Oh yeah, well, and for different reasons too, because like you know, Daniel sure. Bryan sort of was like kind of the outsider, you know, kind the of underdog. like the, the the underdog. Whereas like see like the CM Punk thing was a little bit more of like a 
ideological kind of trying to walk yeah. out with the belt in his hometown you know he was i mentioned he was the heel there yeah but like obviously in his hometown and that made him face this daniel bryan they were both faces uh-huh. which made it interesting but obviously the fans are gonna side with brian here yeah, you yeah. know um and then yeah after the match you know i told you like just wait Something's happening. And, 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 and wait, we did. Because, like, Daniel Bryan had a celebration. They had the handshake from Con- Cena. Confetti. Like, 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 the coronation. Yep. The confetti. Yeah. And, that again, that led to this, the whole storyline, whereas basically Bryan versus, they were called The Authority, mm-hmm. which was largely Triple H and Stephanie. Yeah. Vince came in when he needed to. Um, and, yeah, like, Bryan, it was controversial as hell. Like, everyone kind of thought he was going to win the Royal Rumble that year. He wasn't even in it. Yeah. People were like, what the fuck? This is bullshit. And it was a true instance of where, like, the fans actually did dictate Vince's decision-making. Like, yeah. Batista came back and won the Royal Rumble yeah. after years away. Got booed the shit out of. Brian was in a feud with Bray Wyatt, and it just wasn't really doing much. But they, like, finally had him and Triple H get into this huge thing on Raw. They called it the Yes Movement. They filled the ring with fans all in that shirt I was wearing yesterday, yeah. actually. Just really fucking cool. I have to watch it at some point. But yeah, just a, a big moment in WWE history here and mm-hmm. Brian Danielson history. Like I said, can't fucking wait to see him uh, wrestle a lot of these guys in AEW. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of promise. It's going to be fucking tight. Speaking of promise... Uh, yeah, Greg... Um, Here's Greg. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be great. You know what time it is? Uh, I think I know what time it is. I think I have a, a wristwatch and uh, in seven numbers, it just has G's. Yeah, it's time for some gold, baby. Coming off a hot Goldman report last week, ladies and gentlemen, here's Greg. <laughs> hey, Brett and Boma, how the fuck are you? I don't give a shit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Greg fucking Goldman report. Now, we got Raw. We got NXT. We got SmackDown, and I've got two purveying words that define all of it. Fuck you. Brett and Beaumont, you fucking sacks of fucking shit, all right? Beaumont, you never fucking liked me in the first place, all right? You fucking, you never talked to me right. You looked at me like I was a fucking child. You talked to me like I was goddamn insane. And Brett. Brett, you fucking faker over there. You're telling me, oh, we, you're great, Goldman. You're going to do great. I see a lot of fucking potential in you. You just want me for your fucking ratings. Well, guess what, Brett and Bo? No one gives a fuck about the fucking ratings. I'm fucking out of here. And you know what fucking else? You know what fucking else? You two think that your show can go on without me? You think your show can go on without me? The Brain Buster Boys? Well, guess what? I fucking quit, boys. Good luck fucking sailing the ship without me. I just fucking sank the entire thing. Get fucked.